This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So, um, I'll be posting Steve, hopefully you're okay. Do apologise for being uh, late today, but then again, I suppose it's better late than never. Um, so then, gents, you're both there. I will leave it over to you, gents. Thanks, Mickey. Uh, evening all. Welcome along to uh, another edition of the Bill War Phone In. And just to say... Unlike the BBC, we do have hosts and we do have analysts to uh, to talk about what happened yesterday. Uh, joined by Stephen. Stephen, a very good evening to you, mate. How are you? Yeah, very well, Alex. Very well. Just to add in on that, we're um, this could be our audition for the next episode of Match of the Day where they do need uh, pundits and, uh, and uh, expert analysis. Well, exactly. I mean, <laughs> I mean, exactly. I mean, who needs Alan Shearer and Gary Lineker and... Micah Richards and Ian Wright, who needs them? You know, I mean, guess what? Because you can listen to this show without even having to pay a licence fee. It's good, isn't it? Um, so, as as we've heard there, we are a little bit later uh, tonight. So, firstly, um, Stephen, you were at the... Um, you were at the Select Car Leasing Stadium, as it's known these days. Um, what did you make... Of it yesterday, um, I think we made it hard work for ourselves. Obviously, when you win a game, I think if you win a game, you, you take it, you take three. At this stage of the season, three points is the main thing. I think Reading are a side that are scraping towards the end of the season. Um, <clears throat> defensively, we were very, very good, but I think going forward, we, we probably could have showed a little bit more. But Yesterday's game was was the perfect example of of where Gary Rowett's football and Gary Rowett's style probably 
works a treat uh, against the side that probably lacking a little bit of confidence. Their forward line's probably not the best and you can kind of hold out. But I, I would like us to perhaps take from the game yesterday that yes, we can do it, but perhaps against some of the, the, the bigger and better opposition, we might need to be a little bit more expansive on the attack. But overall, good three points. Um, Please for Voggy to, to get his goal. I know he, he perhaps didn't do much else in the game, but um, overall, coming home with three points at this stage of the season is very, very good. Yeah, look, I don't think you're far wrong there. <laughs> um, now, I've got to say, of course, this is a interactive show. Of course, if you want to get involved, it is very, very easy uh, to do so. You must be listening on a mobile phone. Um, if And if you wish to get involved, there is a purple request to speak button in the bottom left-hand corner. Press that and we will get you on uh, to talk. Um, Can I just say one thing, yeah, Alex? On, Listen, those of you who are listening to this either live, or you're listening to this in the rerun, just do us a few minutes. Just is a little bit thingy now I don't think we got a lot of what you were trying to say there mate I think I think I, I, I couldn't hear Mickey as well but I think what the gist of what I got from it was can anybody that's listening to this in the morning or live now tag Joe <laughs> Zampa on on Twitter uh, reminding him on who scored the goal yesterday no 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 not <laughs> just asking him who scored just say Joe who scored the goal against Reading for us <laughs> a little bit of uh a little bit of banter for all his hatred he's given for Voggy over the last so many weeks. So, uh, yeah, I just thought a little bit of fun and games. Nothing sinister, just uh, a little bit of uh, shithousery uh, in a podcast. Um, antics, what you guys can help with. Thank you very much. That's not a problem. I'm sure we can uh, get the listeners that are listening to oblige with that, I'm sure. Um, and a uh, Joe, it's uh, quite interesting that Joe's uh, not come on tonight, isn't it, Stephen? That's quite an interesting one, and I wonder why. I wonder why. Indeed. I mean, to to be fair, to be fair, I mean, uh, the penalty was very, very good, well taken. Uh, I think on the commentary that I'd obviously listening back to the game, uh, the highlights that two keepers wouldn't have saved it, but outside of the penalty, uh, he Voggy did have a bad game. He, he didn't really do the job um, that I think Raul would have wanted from him, hence why he was replaced. But at the end of the day, he scored the goal. He's a match winner and and happy days. Joe, I'm quite interested to see, um, what did you make of him being and it being revealed in the post-match press conference, actually, that he is our first and re- or first our designated spot kick taker? Um, over the likes of Bradders and and Zian, I'll be honest with you. And I know he's listening at the moment. My my dad. I when I saw that Voggy had the ball in his hand, I was actually hiding behind him. I have a head sort of down in my hands behind him, thinking, "Oh God, what's he give it to? What would I give it to him for?" But if he is a specialist, which by all accounts, Rowett seems to think he is, it was a very good penalty. Um, personally, I would have probably gone for Bradshaw or Fleming. I think they're the obvious choice. Even George Savile, I think he'd be quite a good penalty taker. But look, you can't argue he, he stepped up and smashed it in the top corner. You, you can't really argue with that. Now, I mean, considering that was his first penalty in uh, three and a half years, so I found out today. Uh, not a bad penalty at all, is it? And uh, no, and we did hear from Gary Rowe actually, and uh, he said what. I found quite funny, actually. Um, Vogelsheimer said to him, I'm German. Of course I'd score. Well, you you can't argue with that, can you? I mean, as I say, the the confidence in the penalty was, was it was impressive for someone, as you say, not taking a penalty for a long time. Um, you, You can't really argue with it. And now moving forward, if we are to get another penalty, which... It's dubious. It's taken us a while to get this one. You'd be backing him every time, based based on that one. Listen, that penalty. Sorry, Alex. Go on, I know I shouldn't be coming in, but I do. 
Um, the that penalty was probably one of the best penalties you'll ever see taken in the EFL, especially in the Championship. I mean, that penalty was so much power, and it was it was bang on target. And you're like, whoever people fears were, and I agree with his comment about well, I'm German. I'm thinking, well, yeah, probably because Germans practice taking penalties, something what England should do week in week out. But he took that. I'm telling you. I'm surprised that net didn't fucking come off. That was an immense kick. And even if the keeper had got his fingers to that, I think he would have probably broken his fingers or broken his wrist. That was so much power. Unbelievable. Yeah, I mean... Unbelievable. I, I mean, think, there was no I chance mean, it was being saved. Not... No, I mean, not in the tell me another penalty that gets taken with that much power, what you've seen in recent times. Because I, I don't think I have. I think someone I mean, maybe comes close as Harry Kane. Yeah, yeah I, possibly. I would say that he gets some power on his. And Joe, it was my dad who said to me today, actually, that that's that that's a Harry Kane type penalty, um, top corner, blistering power. Um, we spoke to George Long after the game, and you'll see with that interview coming out tomorrow um, that that. Um, he, even he is unable to save penalties or free kicks from Voggy. So it shows you that he's got the talent there. Uh, it's whether he'll be allowed to take them. Um, well, I think he'll certainly be on penalty duty. It's just whether uh, he gets the chance to have some more free kicks. I mean, we've seen from his corners and things like that. He, he gets a lot of power on them, um, but just doesn't seem to always have that right direction on it. Um just ask you, Stephen. Yeah, I mean that defensive display yesterday. Um, it reminded me a lot of, of of Stoke and QPR in recent times. But for all of the possession that Reading did, for all the different areas they got the ball into, they didn't have a single shot on target. You know, you're coming to, you're going away from home, and you're not conceding a shot on target. Uh, it's a massive, massive response to what happened last week. I think that the big thing from that I was expecting, I know they played midweek, Reading, but last week they got thumped, didn't they, by um, Middlesbrough. I think it was 5-0. Yeah. And then they lost to Sheffield United in the week, uh, a game in hand. And you think coming back, being in front of their home supporters, you know, I know their season might not, they might not have much to play for, but you'd think they'd want to put in a little bit of a response. Um, and I don't think, as you said, I don't think they really, they really did that, but that, that wasn't just down to, I think a lack of quality from them. I thought Cresswell and Cooper were excellent. Um, Charlie Cresswell, who we all know he loves a scrap. We all know he's, he's, he's up for, for a battle, but probably has never come across or never had a situation where he's had to deal with Andy Carroll or a player like Andy Carroll much in his career. And I thought he handled him absolutely brilliantly. A um, couple of times Carroll won the headers, but he's going to do that. He's six foot four, six foot five or whatever, but predominantly Charlie had him in his pocket. Um, and, and I think that, that, that summed up, just really that battle summed up why we were successful in defence and they were, were were struggling up front because we were we were just better than them. Listen, there is there is a guy on this chat, and I'm not going to name him just in case you don't want to come on. Um, but you know who you are. If you want to come on and just tell us your views of, of the game yesterday, because we've been texting and stuff, and I went on this show last week, um, you're more than happy to come in, fella. Uh, the boys will bring you in. It'll be a, a, a good conversation to see what you thought of the game um, because obviously it is very one-sided but it'd be interesting to see yours because honestly you were really poor um, and I don't know if that's just how you are lately or, or not but yeah um, I'll, if, he, if he wants to come in I'll, uh, I'll invite him in if that's all right with you gents yeah we do have we do have someone who who, who wants to he come would... on is Matt Lanzi yeah, he's a Reading. He's a Reading podcast guy. Let's add him in. Evening, Matt. You're far away, mate. You unmute yourself. Mike's on mute. There we go. You should be there able to hear go. me now. <laughs> Evening. Evening. How are you guys doing? 
We're all right, mate. Yourself, thank you. <clears throat> Not too bad. Better than yesterday, anyway. Cheered up today, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, just talk us through from your point of view um, on what you thought of yesterday's game and and sort of how it's been for you. You know, I, I know it's been a difficult week. The defeat at Borough, the defeat to Sheffield United, and then of course the news on the points. You know, the potential points deduction as well. Um, and I think yesterday the atmosphere was a bit of a bit of a result of that as well. I think the ground was a bit lifeless. Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean to be to be honest, you guys have summed it up summed it up well there. You know, I think because the last the last three four weeks, I mean, it's it's been getting worse and worse and worse. Really, um, Paul in seemingly sets Reading up every single week, pretty much just to. Sit in, defend, try and get a nil-nil. Whether we're home, away. I mean, we went to Cardiff, and they hadn't won at home for I think it was since like the first of October. We go there, literally sit in for a, for a nil-nil draw. It was another game. We had four shots, I think, that day in total, none on target. Lose the game one-nil, obviously in the last minute. It was again another one of the most worst games I've seen. And I mean, yesterday was kind of just a similar one to that. It's. It's an odd thing at the moment because Paul Ince, he comes out, he tries to justify the tactics by saying this team isn't good enough. You know, the players aren't good enough. We've, you, you, you know, whether he's trying to instill a siege mentality or whatever, but it's it's just not working. And he, he offers no solutions to the problems that we have. I mean, yesterday, for, for a team at home to only have two shots in a game, no matter who you're playing, that is shocking, you know. I mean, you boys did really well defend defensively. Jake Cooper, obviously, he's you know, he, Reading fans know all uh, know all about him. Um, obviously, coming through the academy, played fantastically last night. But the team don't do them don't do themselves any favours. Um, we try and play it down the wing, and um, to our wing backs, you've got no midfielder in the midfield within twenty yards, so you can't play little one twos into the midfield. Um, the the attackers, you know, uh, I mean, Andy Carroll, whenever we do get it down the pitch, Andy Carroll seemingly still on the halfway line. He's never in the box, so you can't cross it into him. It's just frustrating at the moment. It's just massively frustrating. I think yesterday is just really a culmination of week upon week upon week of just slowly regressing performances, really. It was quite interesting being in the um, post-match press conference yesterday and it was interesting listening to what Paul Ince, yeah. how he thought the the game went. Um, yeah, and he referred to the game uh, to the game against the Blades, where he says that both Millwall and Sheffield United they're not a better team than what Reading are, but they seem to do the basics better than what Reading do. I mean, I found that I found that comment quite baffling. Um, you, you and you at, and every Reading fan, I think. Yeah, <laughs> it's of, not just you that finds that baffling. Sort of when you're looking at your team, you know, really struggling for any form of just a bit of inspiration. I felt yesterday, and then you're, you know, teams that are second, sixth, you know. But surely, if you can't do the basics right, that's something he's got to be looking at. Surely. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and I mean, we we discussed it on our podcast um, earlier today, um, going over it. And to be fair, it's been said for a number of weeks because Ince he talks about um, he talks about players within the squad with um, making bad decisions, and that he can't coach bad decisions. Well, if you're a manager at this level, you're going to be there, and you're going to be trying to coach them your the decision making for what you want players to do in certain positions. You know, if your player is, is moving into that position or picks up the ball in that position of the pitch, where do you want them to move it? What decisions do you want your players to be making to open up space, to bring bring channels of play into in in into into the game? You know, that's what he's supposed to be doing on the training pitch through the week. And if he's not doing that, what is he doing? Because he's he's not he's not coaching attacking movement because you saw yesterday how crap simply we are attacking. Um, he's not coaching defensively because we've got, you know, one of the worst defences in the league, um, you know, and not coaching midfield because it's non-existent every week, you know, like, like, 
teams might be able to do the basics against us, but I mean, like saying that you know Sheffield United aren't a better team than us—that's rubbish. Millwall aren't a better team than us—it's rubbish. It's absolute rubbish, and it's it's just it's week on week these comments, and it's just like you you look at it and you think, I mean, he must have a roulette wheel of of excuses that he decides to bring out and just spins it week on week because, uh, I mean, it's not even coherent after the game. I mean, like I said, some of some of the comments previous weeks, players aren't good enough. You know, they're not good enough to play football. This week, he comes out and says that oh, I'm I'm not going to come out and be doom and gloom about everything. It's like, well, you've been that for three, four weeks. Um, it's, it's baffling. It's, it's, <laughs> well, it was quite um, interesting this morning. Actually, I saw some some reports linking that he, you know, that possibly will leave at the end of the season. They're replacing with Graham Murty. Is that you know something? that the fans would get behind, would they get behind maybe Graham Murty coming in? You know, is it, I mean, I was personally quite surprised when, when it was given the job on a full-time basis. I mean, I was thinking that, you know, is that mainly a decision maybe due to the lack of funds or something like that? Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it hasn't worked. I don't think to what people would have thought it would have done, you know, is, is that something that's quite a similar thing with the fan base? <clears throat> it's it's crept in more and more over the past weeks and about past about month or so. I think most most fans, even though even though the performances for the, the vast part this year have been pretty poor, I think most fans have been acceptant of the fact that you know we we've had you know a really really tough job this year. Or whoever was manager this year had a really tough job. You know, being in this third season of having a solid embargo in place, fifth season of, you know, overall transfer embargoes, soft and soft and hard embargoes, it's always going to be really tough. You know, we we still could only sign free and free and loan players, so whoever comes in is going to have a tough job. So I think most most fans knew that it was going to be a tough tough job this season, but it's just the post match comments, his lack of taking responsibility for. The, the way the team's playing, the decisions the players are making on the pitch and quite frankly the ineptitude that the that that, that that the team play with. I think most people were happy to leave it until the end of the season and just say we'll reassess in, in the summer. But the more weeks that go by, the more fans are just thinking, well, what's the point in actually keeping him to the summer at this stage? Because we're not gaining anything. All all that's happening is fans are being deterred from coming to the stadium for the sixth, seventh season running. You know, so attendances be going down. Like the 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 oddest thing is that you know we're saying this and we've got a good home record this year, but like the football is just so bad, nobody wants to come and watch it. Mm. It's it's absolutely dreadful week on week, and so with with that in mind, kind of thing. Like you you talk about the Graham Murty links. I mean, you know, I mean it's it's an easy win whenever you bring a legend back in to to a club you know whoever it is they're always going to get more leeway they'll have the fans on side straight away it's not going to be like what Paul Lintz the reception Paul Lintz had when he got appointed because like say no one really expected it and I mean most Reading fans were looking at it thinking Christ God help us yeah. you know last year I think most people when 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 we saw we got him it was like well the, the club framed it as a temporary appointment like until a, a permanent manager was found but you, you're not bringing in an external manager to be a to be a uh a temporary manager, you know, for two, three games. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think, you know, and I think Stephen will agree with me here when I say it, it was lifeless, you know, in, in, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, in that stadium yesterday, it's very lifeless. There wasn't, you know, all, all the noise coming from the away end, but I mean, mm. obviously when Millwall come to town, you know, it's, it's very loud from the away end usually anyway, but, um, mm. Matt, can I just can I just interject something that something that I that, that baffled me? I, I come to Reading yeah. a, a few years ago. Um, I, I think we won the game two 0 and and we ended up taking about three and a half thousand. You gave us a lot of tickets mm. behind the goal. I know we sold out the initial allocation and moved forward and 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 had some more. And um, the the decision to put your home fans behind the goal. 
seemed a bit baffling mm. to me because you've got so many seats around the ground. I mean, we to be honest with you, we would have sold yesterday. We would have, and obviously the money would have gone to your club. We would have sold another uh, at least a thousand. I'd, I'd probably even back us to go even more than that if we'd have given would given the opportunity. Why was that decision taken? Oh, you'd have to you'd have to ask the club that one. It's, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's 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 an interesting one because um, yeah, you know, like you 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 only need to give what's it ten percent, which is essentially one half of of the stand. I mean, it's the the club might have thought it's probably not well, it's not not great when you have you know four thousand fans coming coming to town when you've got you know twelve thousand or less now in the home end. You know, um, but I mean, what one one faction that obviously obviously goes in that that end now is obviously the the club eighteen seventy one section, which is the the more vocal section. Um, yeah, you, you you hear it a lot at the end of at the end of the day from from other fans. You know, you guys aren't the first ones to to raise it. You won't be the last um, to, to to raise it. You can see the frustration. You know, or I can understand the frustration from from away fans when they come because you know it's twenty quid tickets. Not many clubs you know get that opportunity and when you see a ground that's half empty and you know you've sold out and you could sell thousand two thousand more it's like you know you want you want more seats but uh, it's at the end at the end of the day i guess it's just you know what 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 the club wanted it's it's home advantage at the end of the day like i mean if like i say if you if, if you're gonna get to a point where you know you've got four thousand rowdy millwall fans i don't think many clubs would probably want to uh Play in front of four thousand rowdy rowdy Millwall fans, would they? <laughs> so when they're when they're playing at home, <laughs> um, I've got to ask Matt the thoughts on Andy Carroll. Um, I mean, he was kept really in the pocket of Charlie Creswell yesterday. I felt, um, yeah, and also I think lucky to escape a booking as well for an early elbow. Mm. Um, you know, brought to Reading you know and are the fans sort of supporting him or is it really a decision to think maybe we've got to look somewhere else come the summer um, on on the Andy Carroll thing a lot of it just comes from from the setup again like I mean it's and Andy Carroll is the focal point of everything that seemingly Paul Lintz wants to do in football but th- that just or kind of the the way that's set up or the way Paul Lint sets it up is literally lump it to Andy Carroll and that's it. There's nothing there's no play off the side of it. There's no intention for link up play off it. It's literally like like I say, it's literally lump it to Andy Carroll and hope. Which, you know, it doesn't matter if you've got the best person up there, you know, who you can lump the ball up to. It doesn't matter if you've got it doesn't matter if you play anyone from history up there, you know, that, that, that that's good at doing that. They're not going to be successful because, you know, there's, there's, there's no plan to win a knockdown. There's no plan to, you know, play, play a flick on, have someone run onto it. It's just literally pump the ball to Andy Carroll and, and hope, which isn't a plan. And it, and, and, and like I said, it goes back to kind of the way that Ince is setting Reading up this season and it just sets it up to fail. It sets Andy Carroll up to fail, you know, he might not be the best striker in the world, and you know, arguably, you know, this season's been pretty poor. Even if you take out of, you know, what 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 it sets the team up to to do, because half the problem is, even if we're we're, we're playing in defence, or if we win something in the midfield, we've got to the edge of the box, and he's still on the halfway line, so he's not in the middle. You know, which, which is a massive problem. You see him trying to sprint up the pitch, and he looks like a bloody looks like an out of breath elephant running forwards. You know, so it's like it's 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 a difficult one with Andy Carroll. But the bottom line is, you're playing Andy Carroll, and who have you got on the bench? Lucas Shaw. Lucas Shaw has been Reading's best goal scorer pretty much this of this century. And if he if he plays twenty goals a twenty games a season, not twenty games a season. Sorry, if he plays a full full season, he'll get twenty goals or there or thereabouts. It might be eighteen. It might be twenty two. He'll be around twenty goals. He's proved that in the seasons that he's been with with Reading so far. When you look at his goal ratio for Reading, but he's stuck on the bench, and that's because Ince can't lump the ball up to him. Ince doesn't like the fact that he don't run off the ball. He doesn't like his mentality. But it's like, what would you rather have? A goal scorer that can score goals, or Andy Carroll that's 
out of breath after 20 minutes, you know, and it's, it's just, it's baffling. It's frustrating. It's, yeah, it's just Reading FC at the moment, really. Well, you know, I've just seen a comment actually uh, uh, from Rambo, and he says that it sounds like Reading are playing like how Millwall were playing early in the season. Stephen, I don't know if if that's something you agree with, but I think we can quite relate to that, um, particularly in those early weeks of the season where it looked like we didn't have an idea of what to do up front. I think we can relate in the sense of that the plan or the what the plan was didn't appear to be a sort of a cohesive one. I think we we struggled to really I think the players struggled to really know what their roles were and what they were supposed to be doing. Um we we you know we've we've spoke about this Alex so many times haven't yeah. we where the you know the wing backs weren't really pushing forward and in a five back you needed them to and and Fleming wasn't being used right the, the game was kind of passing him by and, and Bradshaw was was kind of used as a target man in a you know and it just it just it, things just didn't seem to work i think the difference between us and reading and I, I agree, quite agree. I think Lucas Shaw being on the bench when us, you know, from our point of view yesterday at the ground, thinking right, fair enough, he's he's, he's not playing. We'll, we'll we'll deal with Long and and Carroll, as, and and we did for 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 most parts. Um, we had the players. We did. We had the players at our disposal to change the system. It was just that Rowett was reluctant to do it because he wanted to do it his way. And since the, the the plan has changed, and and now it's it's clear, it's clear, concise coaching. It, the plan is the four at the back, your two holding midfielders, and then your four attacking players. We have found our identity, and I don't think Reading have found theirs. And I think that was quite clear yesterday. Whilst we didn't have loads and loads of attacks. We, when we did have the ball and we did try to get forward, it was intricate play between Bradshaw, Fleming, Burke when he come on. The players knew what they were supposed to be doing, and that's what made us look a threat on the occasions that we went that we moved forward. Yeah, no, I can agree mm. with that. I think um, Matt, I've just got a question to pose to you. Now you've seen a lot, obviously, of the playoff teams. You played a lot of them. Um, you know, I don't think you've got too many left to play. I know you still got to play Blackburn. Um, but from what you have seen out of the teams, which ones do you think are going to get in there? Do you think it could be that that four that are there now? Or is there someone you think might might make a late run? Oh, it's, it's a difficult one because below you, you've got West Brom, Norwich, you know, two teams that, you know, you'd, you'd kind of expect to be up there by virtue of the fact of, you know, they've just dropped out, well, you know, recently dropped out of the Premier League. Parachute payments, money they've spent. You know, a lot of people at West Brom, you know, for promotion before the season. Um, like, as as much as, like, like, like I'll, be, I'll be brutally honest, did I rate Millwall at the weekend? Not really. It was probably a part, part of you know, the way the game played out. Um, you know, I don't think either team was was particularly good um, at, at the weekend. But you're able to grind out a result, you know, and like, like, like so if, if you can keep, if you can, if you guys can keep doing that, you know, you've got a good defensive record. And as long as, you know, you're not conceding, you only need to score a goal like you did at the weekend to win a game. You know, when you play in that teams like Reading, you know, they're easy pickings for, you know, one nil wins and that. So um, is it going to be tough probably to send the playoffs? It's always tough. You know, it's the best 16 or the best top six teams in the division, right? You know, it's always going to be tough to, to stay up there. But, you know, I think you guys have got every every chance of doing so. You know, keep keep um, keep Fleming fit, keep Bradshaw fit. Um, just keep this, keep this run that you guys have got going, you know, and anything is possible. You know, you bounce back from a... 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. From a bad loss against Norwich with, with you know, a solid 1-0 away win, you know, so um, keep it going and, you know, anything's possible. But, but yeah. Thanks, Matt. Um, Paul, Paul Whitney has uh, requested to uh, to speak to us. Paul, good evening, fella. Um you should be able to speak now, mate. Hello, mate. Evening. How are you? Yeah, not too bad yourself. Yeah, good. Thank you. Right, you know, I'm going to say one thing about you know this. Uh, we're talking about yeah, we play poorly, which we did. We do play poorly, but yeah. if that was last year or the year before, we play poorly, and we lose. I'm not. You know, we, we've got to accept that. We're grinding out the results we never did before in this. And I can, you know, we always worry about playing the bottom teams, don't we? We always worry yeah. about that. Top six, we don't worry about. The bottom ones, we do. But we're grinding out the results. Cardiff away, never. Never would have taken the point out of that. Or we take the point. We beat them. Shitty game, but we beat them. Stoke, we beat them. Shitty game, we beat them. Do you know what I mean? Luton should have won it. You know, this this game, you know, Reading, we grinded it out. We beat I them. They, they're a good side. We beat them. They're a good side at home. Shit side away, they're a good side at home. We beat them. They were, they were us. They're the version of us at the beginning of the season. Shit away, good at home. But we've turned it around. Well, yeah. I mean, it's not luck anymore, mate, you know? Especially with the away form since... Since the World Cup, you know, has been a big change in in the away form, you know, and and that has resulted really in why now we're challenging for that top six spot rather than just relying on wins at home. Um, yeah, Absolutely, said to any Millwall fan, right, ten games to go, you're two points clear in sixth place. I think they'd have snapped your hand off. I think if you said to any Millwall fan after going eight months away games without a win, they would have seven now, probably in the last three months, they would have seen it to the funny farm. Because that's oh, what would have happened. You know, and we were there. We were all there at the away game, every single away game going, Jesus Christ, mate, you know, we're going, shit, this just ain't... But he's turned it around. He's up... up the, I, like, I love Gary Rowett in the respect that... I respect him as a manager... I moan about him. I don't moan about him. Like everybody else does. You know, that sort of thing. But the only thing with Gary Rowett is with myself is his late subs, mate. When we were playing Reading the other day, you could see it. Like, oh, Jesus Christ, mate, just change it, mate, because you can see that what's coming. But lucky it didn't. Against Luton, it did. That's the only thing I would say. The subs. You know, but apart from that, you can't deny what he's doing at this club with a limited budget, really. No, no, I think you're. I think you're one hundred percent right. I mean, we've on previous shows we've talked about the timings of the subs, and you know, Luton. There was that thing: did he wait too long, and then did he go too defensive with the substitutions um, that he made? Um, I think yesterday the. I think he made the right subs yesterday. Um, he did say in the post-match press conference about. Um, about he couldn't make any more changes because of the size of the Reading team, um, which again, you know, you could see that because they're a very, very big team, and you get a set piece, you know, it 
it could have been difficult if you looked at the players on the bench. You know, we didn't have particularly big options. Um, but no, I hear what you're saying in terms of the job he's done. Look, I think the job he's done is a fantastic job with considering the club is where it is, the budget it's got. Um, and look, for four years, he's had them in and around the top six. You know, you can't argue with that. For I'll say, I'll say something about like the subject yesterday. He's been, he's been banging on the last few weeks about illnesses, injuries and stuff like that. Not in team to pick from. Yesterday, you know, we grind that result. But it got 75 minutes or 70 minutes before we... They made five subs nearly before we made that choice. Mm. And it's not as if... I know we've got a limited a bench, but we have got Watmore, SA and Burke on the bench. We're pace merchants and that's what that game was crying out for. Yeah, I think... That should have come on in 60 minutes. At least one of them or two of them should have come on in 60 minutes to change the game. You saw it weren't working. You saw it were under the cost. We're lucky Reading was so bad. Like Stoke was so bad in that respect, in their finishing. But then we've been validated by the Stoke results lately. That's what I'm trying to say. It's very hard to gauge it at the moment because you look at Stoke and they were putting the bar over, putting in Rose Ed, and it made us look good where they because they, they were so bad. But then... They're going to put it five past Sunderland and three past, uh, three past Blackburn. So it's it's a confusing situation, but he needs to be getting them subs on earlier. I mean, it's 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 so hard a league to predict, isn't it, in terms of different results and stuff like that. But I do hear, I believe um, I do hear what you're saying about um, about the subs and Stephen. Um, I wanted to ask you as well. You know, what did you make of those subs yesterday and? And particularly the timing of them. I think I think people, you know, get a little bit hung up with, with it. I, I agree that there's a time and a place for to, for Rowett to be making subs, and I think especially there's certain games that we've played re- in recent weeks. I think the Luton one was a prime example where it it went wrong, <clears throat> and we lost. We 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 dropped. You know, we were two goals ahead, and it it went wrong, but. I think yesterday, whilst yes, we probably we probably could have changed it, got Burke on earlier, and I think I think the game was crying out for him personally. I think when he came on, there was a couple of occasions where he ran at the the red in defence, and they they clearly had an issue with him. Obviously, the first one he he decided not to shoot. The second one, the pass to Bradshaw. If he'd have gone to Fleming, I think we'd have gone two 0 up. But Rowett. I think people got to run, people do have to give him a little bit of credit. He knows what he's doing. He's got his he's got his his boys out there, and he doesn't want to change it. He doesn't want to to break it up. And and whilst there is a frustration, and I do agree that sometimes you know players are looking visibly tired, but he brought on Hutchinson at Luton and went five at the back, and it went wrong. And whilst whilst. I get. I love Sean Hutchinson. He's club captain. In the back of his mind, he's thinking: if I bring him on and it goes wrong again, uh, again, especially against a poor red inside, Luton were better than us in that game. Uh, it was just, you know, we, we took our chances and they didn't up until the point, obviously, that they got their their, their two goals. So I, I get the frustration, but I think sometimes we, we kind of have to, you know leave it in, in Rowett's hands and kind of say to him, look, he, he knows what he's doing. It, it doesn't always, it might not have always been that way. And it might have always seemed that, you know, it's taken a while for him to get us and understand us, but he knows what he's doing. And, and it's working to this point with 36 yeah. games into the season and we're sixth in the league. Like if, if the one thing we're complaining about is that his, his substitutions come a bit late, I think he's doing Dude, a really good you're job. Me wrong, you're getting me wrong here, mate. You're getting me wrong here. You're, you're really taking what I'm saying the wrong way. What I'm saying is, is uh, you've been honing away from all the way through the season. And it is what let him down before was the late substitutions. We, we, we a be on away games and stuff like that. And, and you see it would be, you could see the goal was coming and it would come and he would score and then he made the subs. Luckily, lately, he's been lucky with that. And you're just saying to yourself, you know, it's, it's working out for him lately, but just you need to 
don't but, know. You just... Paul, just to just to interject there, you you said your your words just a second ago were that you we can't keep being called lucky because we're winning away from home. Rowett can't keep being called lucky because no, no, these tactics right, right. are yeah, working. Yeah, 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 yeah. They are they are working. But generally, when you're sitting in that thing, it's just uh, we're not managers. Uh, that is the thing. We are not managers. He's the manager, and he you know he's there earning that money because he's a manager, and we're not. Uh, but when you're standing in the crowd, going "fuck me, mate," you can see what's coming, mate. You can see what's coming, and as a as you know, we always see what's coming, and it does come sometimes. It hasn't come in the last few games, and you go, "Oh Jesus!" It's, and I know I'm, I'm picking, but no, I, I agree. He's he's doing a job, like I said at the beginning. He's doing a job, and we can't complain where we are at all, mate. You know, and I I'll be at West Brom, and I'll be at the rest of the games for the rest of the season, and I but I do believe we're going to get in the playoffs, and I do believe we're going to do something. I think um, I think just to just before I think we've got some um, uh, the the uh, is it Jason Mask ready to to come on? But just before we 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 bring you in, I just I, Paul, I do agree with you. Away from home, especially, there are times where he probably should have made a change, and I do agree that there was probably games this year, perhaps Middlesbrough, where it, you know the last ten minutes or so where we went for it, yeah. we, we looked a bit of a danger, and Coventry again the same thing, but. The majority of the time since he's made the change to the to the four three oh sorry four two three one he's got it right more than he's got it wrong and I think whilst it's frustrating sometimes I think some he, he probably in his mind is thinking I've got my best players out there they're the ones that I trust and that's probably where where he's where he, his kind of mind is but I'm gonna bring in um, I think it's the Jason Mask and yeah. you are live. Ready to go? It's connecting, I think. Yeah. Evening, gents. How you doing? Evening, mate. Good, thank you. Yourself? Hello, mate. <laughs> Another scrappy one, eh? <laughs> uh, listen, I just want to give us, I think, special shout out this week to Ryan Leonard because uh, been out for a long, long time. Two or three games back, I thought um, him and Savile yesterday was superb. Absolutely superb in the middle there. Like they, they literally, they, they mop up everything together. And uh, for, for Leonard to have been out so long to have that much of an effect on a game, I think you know you know what you know what you get with him. You know what he's all about. But he's come in and he's he's fitted in like a glove in the absence of Billy Mitchell. I think. Just wanted to say that. Uh, going in, I just, back, off the back of what um, young Paul just said there, going on uh, talked about the substitutions Thanks. and stuff. Uh, going on to the weekend, I think that's going to be a tough test. I think this is really going to be a tough test against Swansea boys. Uh, the way they play football, the way they keep the ball, I know I know they're susceptible at the back, but you boys must have remembered the game last year, how frustrating that was, trying to get the ball off them. Yeah. You yeah, know, I, I think this is that. really going to be a test. I think we're going to have to put this high press on them. Uh, it's at the den. You know, I, I, I think this, this one, if we can get three points, if we can get a point, I'll, I'll be happy. But if we can get three out of this, mate, we'll be laughing. Um, I, I, you know, I, I just think... Fingers crossed. I, th- I think we go again, and we we, we just got to, got to, got to put high press on them. I really do. Yeah, my frustrating game last season to watch that was that they just pinged it around back back at the back. They must have had about ninety percent possession. They didn't do nothing with it. And they just nicked it. It was the hardest game to watch. At, at a time, was... we really needed the points as well, didn't we? You know. Right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It was. So I think, I think the substitutions we make in that game towards towards the back end of the game when the legs are tiring might be vital. Do you know what I mean? Like with, with the way they get the ball. I think personally, personally, uh, that's it's a really good point. And I was talking about this on the way home from the game yesterday. It for me, I think tomorrow. Sorry, Tuesday. Obviously, your Bradshaw, he presses, he's going to play. I'd get Watmore into the side straight away and get him pressing because I think he's the sort of player that can do it as well. Fleming needs to be pushed forward and we've really, really got to... I think we need to attack Swansea like we did Watford at home and really, really get on them from ball one, sorry, from minute one, and 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 really try and stop that them playing out from the back. They're going to do it a couple of times. We know that, and that's where your Leonard's and your Savills are going to have to come in and step in and, and mop up a little bit. But they're in where they are in the league for a reason. They, I think, there was a graphic that went up. They're one of the teams that concede have conceded maybe the top three or top four in terms of um, uh, goals that have come from their mistakes. So they're susceptible to a mistake, and we've just got to make sure that. 
that Fleming, for me, Fleming has to be as tight to Bradshaw as possible because if there's any kind of knockdown, we want Fleming on the edge of the box. That's that's where we need him to we be. Really need to be you watching know, Joel Piro as well. The, um, I think they're one of the most common teams in terms of losing points from winning positions um, as well. Um, but yeah, you're spot on there in terms of when you say about Joel Piro, you know, because he scored the winner last year um, in a really sort of dull contest. Um, I do remember it quite well. I, you know, and I, and I think it was a Tuesday night as well. Um, but interesting thing is that we haven't actually beaten Swansea at home since 2007 Um, so we are due this is a different team this is a different team different manager different prospects we should be beating well look I think this week not beating them they're just giving them a game I think if if you want to finish it in the top six these You've got to be taking points out, out of this week. You know, it's as simple as that. I don't say one thing. I think one thing we do sometimes that is wrong. We don't pay the top teams any respect. We go for it and show them that we are a team. And then the teams that shouldn't be shown respect, and we sh- we we show too much respect to. And they need to get that out of their system. You know, you need, that is one thing that sometimes you watch a game and go. I think you're paying this team a little bit too much respect for some reason when you shouldn't be. Well, see, this tees me up perfectly into my my next question, right? So we've got 10 games left. Six at home, four away. Now, personally, I think six more wins will be enough to get into the top six. Um, you know, I want the views from you guys as well. But, you know, win all six home games... Will that be enough? I think so. Uh, Stephen? Yeah. I think that six wins will be enough, but I don't think it's going to come from six home wins. Mm. Um, I think we need to be we need to be targeting a win at Blackpool. Yep. The last away game of the season. We have to be going there and winning that game. I think we should be targeting, uh, I believe, we're going to... Do we have to go to yes. Wigan? Got Wigan? I think we have to go to Wigan, Wigan, don't we? Wigan, Hull, West Brom and Blackpool. Wigan, Hull, West Brom, Blackpool are the four away games. I think you target wins at, uh, you target wins at Wigan and Blackpool. Wigan have got their off-the-field issues. So I think compelled with where they are in the, in the, in the division, I think that's one you have to go there and win that game. Blackpool, again, by the time we play them, they could be down. Yeah. Yes, that that might mean they can play a little bit more expansive because that kind of happens at the end of the year. But again, you have to go there and target those wins. I think there's nothing to suggest that we can't have a good run at home, but to put all of the pressure on six home wins out of six when you have to play Luton and Blackburn who are above us, I think I think six wins is enough, but I think you can do it across the board of at least two away, four at home, and perhaps Nick points as and where, maybe West Brom, um, Luton at home. If you do draw those kind of games, I think you can make it up with with who we who else we have to play. But I think you're right. Six wins will probably be enough. Well, well, I've got to be honest, man. I think we got more chance for our away games than we have our own games. To be fair, because we we normally go into the end of the season. Everybody says we'd rather be playing the top half rather than the bottom half. Coming in, that's the best facility stand we've been playing the top half for me. And it, you look at you look at the games we got. Like at home, we got Preston, we got Birmingham. You know what I mean? We got Luton, yeah. But away, we got Wigan, we got Blackpool. You know, we got Hull. They're free. I'm more confident on our away performances sometimes to grind out that result because I think the press is going to be on home. You know what I mean? And Preston are better away. Birmingham, you know that that should be three points. But I tell you something, you know. There, there is no fear this time about playing bottom table teams, below mid table teams. There's no fear about it. Before you can't, everybody would say, you know what? They look at that running and go, "Fuck me, we're playing the bottom table teams here. We're going to get spanked." You would say it's going to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because we're more comfortable playing the top table teams, you know. But I can't see any team in that. We've got Lou and Home. That's in our destiny. Yeah. We got Blackburn on the last day. That's in our destiny. I tell you something. The teams around us have got to play each other so many times 
in the top six, they're going to cancel each other out. We're going to have so much opportunity to get into, like, cement our place in that top six because we ain't got to play many and we've got to play three in the top six in the last ten. They've probably got to play six or seven. Yeah. We are, they're going to cancel each other out. I think it's the other adults that are going to help us out here. And I, think, I know we need six wins again, but I don't think, you know, you've got to look at it. You've got to look what everybody else has got to play. And they, they, they're not, they've not got, they've all got tough runnings and they've all got to play each other. You know, I'm, I'm not, I'm an optimist, mate. Normally I ain't, but I can't, I can see it this season, mate. I really can. Well, we like to hear positivity. Um, Jason? Yeah, I'm, do you know what? I'm, 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 I'm somewhere in between Stephen and Paul, like with, with, with what Stephen said in the sense of like, I don't think we necessarily are going to have to rely on getting all the wins from home. I think we can go away and get another one or two away. I mean, if you look at the, the, the away form this season, we've won more games this season than we did away all season last year. We've got 10 to go still. Yeah. You know? like, and, then, and also, like, massively agree with what Paul just said there. Like, I, I was, when, I, when I had a little look at this the other day, sorry, earlier, not, not the other day, and I was uh, looking at the games to go, trying to work this out, I, I put us on about 72 points. And I was, I, I was I think I was being conservative, to be honest, super conservative. You know, like, I, I, I truthfully believe we can go get anything between 72 to 78 points. Right. And uh, we, we, we're Millwall fans. We, we know we've been supporting this club a long time. So we, we sort of like, we're, we're the ultimate fucking like pessimists, really, aren't we? Will it ever the pessimist? Yeah. So, but but honestly, looking at these fixtures, the way we are this year, we've all agreed it's a different feel. We well, like, like Paul just said, right? In in previous seasons, we'd be going, "Oh fucking hell!" Like we've got these teams to play. This is where we fuck it up. We we ain't got a problem against the top six. You know, that's that's Millwall. That's that's how we've always been. We're the underdog. We we sort of thrive off that. But it does feel a little bit different this season. There's a little bit of a different vibe. You know, like. Like Paul just said, I, I feel feel like I feel more confidence in the fact that we can go into this game and scrap out a one nil. I, I just feel like the tables might have turned. Do you know what I mean? I feel like the players maybe believe it a bit more this year. So, so yeah, I, I think we could do this, boys. Yeah, I, I'm quite similar in terms of I can see where a lot of people think there's something different this year. That there's a positivity. That there's a lot of unity um, and maybe a bit more of a drive this year um, the way I see it now is if Mill are in the top six after Luton at home then for me they shouldn't fall out after that um, if you think about it after that you should be secure you know Stephen agree with that one Oh, I'm not. I'm, I, uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about it. It, it depends on. It does depend on other results. One thing that's interesting and uh, to touch on, I think Paul mentioned this earlier. Looking at the other teams and what they have to do next Saturday, Blackburn don't play in the league. They play in the FA Cup, and their fixture is against, I believe, Sheffield United. It's supposed yeah. to be a league game. Yeah, you're right. Um, that's been moved and that fixture has been moved to right near the end of the season. It's either, it's either going to be their third or their second to last game. Something like that. It's, it's, it's been moved ridiculous to a ridiculous place. So, and it, it, again, like today we saw Norwich falter at, at home to Sunderland. If Mill, if we can pick up points, we had the game in hand. We've put up ourselves in a position where now we're on a level playing field. We've got ourselves ahead. Other teams might then have a game in hand on us. But if we're picking up points, they are going to be under so much pressure to win their games. It, it changes. I, I don't think, I think Luton might be a little bit generous, Alex. I think, I think we might perhaps, I think after the whole game, because it's they're over the bank, they're over the Easter weekend, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, Luton's on Friday, Hull's on the Monday. Yeah. I think after the whole game, definitely, I think you'll definitely be able to kind of see roughly where the season's heading. But yeah. again, it, it's it's in our destiny because because of that Blackburn fixture. Because I think come the end of the season, we're going to be very very close to them on points. I don't think we need it, Stephen. To be fair, we might not, but I it, I think that will always be the buffer. Of, I think I think uh, the difference is this season. Yeah. Uh, Sorry to interrupt you. Sorry to interrupt you. That's mate. right. Go on. But I'm just saying, 
every season we normally have a mental run where we either lose five, draw five, and don't enough when we're all going, oh Jesus Christ. And then we go on a run where we win seven or eight or nine. This season we lose one, we win one, we draw one, we win one. We want it's consistency. We've got the consistency. You can't I don't go into any game thinking we're gonna lose the next six. We've got such consistency about it. We've got ten games left. We've done it all season. Apart from the beginning of the season, where we're conceding two goals every game because he's stuck to the back five, you know, where would we be now if he, he changed it at the beginning of the season? But that's in the past. But since we went to the four three one two, uh, four, you know, you know, well, you know that one. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, we are consistent now. We're not going on runs. We are bringing in points every week. We might lose one, but then they go and win one. Instead of doing win, 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 draw, win, and then going loss, 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 draw, loss. Mate, you know, you, I think you're not on runs anymore. Issue. We're a it's consistent the, team. It's been the ability to bounce back after losing a game. I think that's very key. Yeah. You know, if you look at the defeat of Coventry, uh, then backed up by the win over Sheffield United, you know, the defeat to Norwich, a win yesterday. So it's, it's that bounce back ability that's been so key. Um, yeah. to anything that happens this year and I think as we round this up to an extent now we go into oh look I see Joe's listening oh, I was going to say Alex yeah. if we if we can just get um, after listening. Mickey's message yeah. after Mickey's Mickey's message um, a certain Joe Zampa yeah. has, has joined the has joined the stream <laughs> good evening um, Joe Joe, this this has come from Mickey, but um, I'm sure you'll you'll appreciate all of our listeners that would like to ask you what the score was yesterday and who the goal scorer was. Um, you may not be able to join us, but be prepared for some tweets because I'm sure you have plenty to say. I'm sure we do have plenty to say, <laughs> indeed. Boys, apart from the guy who was pretty useless, weren't he? <laughs> Oh, he was terrible. He was absolutely <laughs> terrible. But the fact, the fact of the matter is... But he's got a goal. Oh, here, here he is. Here he is. Here he is. Let's get him Go on, Joe. Good evening, Mr. Zamper. Fire away. Hello. Hello, Joe. You're right. Unmute yourself, Joe. Listen, Hello, yeah, Joe. I'm not too bad. I'm working my voice down because the missus is sleeping and I've, I've just popped, popped to the toilet. So, uh, yeah, listen... I don't have to answer that question. I mean, everyone knows <laughs> Vogel Sammer was, was pants, wasn't he? I mean, he kept giving the ball away. Yeah. And, you know, apart from the penalty, which he did put away really, really, really well. I have to admit, I mean, he absolutely smashed it. But, again, he didn't do much much else after that, did he? So, um, yeah, did, did did a good job. I'm pleased for him. Scored the goal for us. Got, got the uh, winner. And that's about it. But, surely, he shouldn't be starting against Swansea at home on Tuesday night. We've got, we've got to go for it and we can't really have a defensive winger playing in the hope we might get a penalty. No, agreed. You know? agreed. Agreed. I think what more should come in for, for Voggy on, on Tuesday, yeah, personally. Exactly. I think exactly. we will see that. I think we will see... Are we Honeyman? I think we will see what more come in. But also, yeah. it wouldn't surprise me to see Burke come in either. Um, That's what I'm saying. But it wouldn't Burke, surprise me to see that. Burke deserves a start and I think there's no harm putting Honeyman on, on the left-hand side. He, he's done well on the left-hand side before. Um, and you then bring what more on your essay could come on as well to liven things up. But I think you know, Vogel Salmon does a job, um, when we're playing against tough teams away from home because he likes that kind of defensive style of a winger to track back and keep an eye on their fullbacks. But, um, yeah, at home in a must win game against Swansea, I know they're all must win games, but this is one where we, we should be winning. Let's be honest, Swansea have not got a great away record and not doing too brilliantly at the moment. So let's, let's let's try and beat them and, and, and go for it, you know. Absolutely. Um, I think I think just before we uh, round this up, um, just just really, I want a prediction from each of you for for Tuesday night. Um, again, look, it's Swansea coming to SE sixteen. It won't be easy. We all know that. No game at this stage of the season is easy, especially when you get into that that final 10. Um, but I'll go around you all. I'll go Stephen first. 2-0 <clears throat> Millwall. 
I, I'm confident. I, I'm more confident about the game on Tuesday than I am on Saturday because I think, obviously, not to jump the gun, but I think Neil Warnock's going to set his team out to absolutely wind us up and go down at every opportunity and, and try and kill a lot of time from the game. So I'm sure we'll come on to that later in the week. But I, I'm, I'm, I back us. Our, our forward line is good enough to press nearly any team in the league. Maybe Burnley aside. But we pressed Sheffield United and got a result. We pressed Watford and got a result. There's no reason why we can't get at Swansea and, and win the game and, and, and take home three points again. Okie dokie. Paul? Yeah, I've got to agree, mate. End of the day, mate, Swansea are defensively shocking, mate, to be fair. This ain't the same we faced last year. And uh, if we press... Like we did against Sheffield United, against Burnley, against Norwich. I know we lost against Norwich, but we, we but we did press in, uh, after a certain time. If we do what we did against them, I can't see anything but a two or three nil. It, it there's no reason why we can't put these teams to the sword and actually show what we're capable of because we've got the team to do it, and now we've got players coming back as well, and we have got a strong men. Like like uh, Joe just said, you know, you got Burke, you got. What more? Who should start? They they both should start against that because that pace will rip them. We need to go for it from the off yeah. rather than bring them on in seventieth minute. And there's eight. We need to be utilising that kid, mate, because he is. I've seen him every time he's played, and he's a different class, mate. He is. He's something special, mate. He's not a Tyler Bury. Like, Tyler Bury does bits and pieces, but what I've seen of Eze, mate, he, mate. He does look very good. Yes, two or three minutes for me, mate. Okay. Um, uh, Jason? Yeah, I'm... Same, I think we can. I think we can win this one. I think three one. I've got to go for three one. I mean, I've got a feeling we're going to concede. I think. I think we're due. This is off the basis that I think we're due for everyone to turn up. Do you know what I mean? We ain't had that for a little while. We've ground out a few performances. We're at home, off the back of a bit of confidence as well. I, I, I think we can score a few goals in this one. I really do. I think we can win three one. I think we'll concede, but I think we'll win three one. Okay, mate. And Joe, are you still with us or are you gone back? Yeah, he's still with us. Yeah, I'm going to go for a very comfortable 2 0 win. Clean sheet. Um, yeah, 2 0 and uh, take three points. Home we go. Okie dokie. Um, now, uh, just a reminder that tickets for. Uh, West Brom go on sale tomorrow morning for season ticket holders with 660 loyalty points or more. Uh, so, and there's, I think, I think it's initial, it's an, an initial allocation of just oh, just over 1500, I think. Um, so, I'm pretty sure they will sell out quite quickly, but uh, there will be uh, there will be extras allocated, I believe, because I think the I do think the end uh, at West Brom is quite a big away end. Um, now, tonight we've proved that uh, we can do our own version of Match of the Day uh, without <laughs> without you having to pay for a licence fee and listen to a load of people who think they know what they're talking about. Um, so, Stephen, thank you very much. Thanks to everybody who has come on tonight. We will be back again for another episode. Yeah, there's no so. selective outrage over here, Alex. It's fine, mate. No worries. Exactly that, mate. Uh, have a lovely evening all, and we'll be back again soon. We'll see Thanks you soon. for having us, mate. Take it easy. Bye, guys. Bye, mate. Take it. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the Pro Pilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five year warranty. And with a bench full of all star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all star van centre to see for yourself. Oh. 
Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.